Day, everybody. I'm Jesse Starcher. Alexis Haina is here. Alexis, are you ready to talk about one of the strangest crossovers I think I've ever read in quite a while? Well, it's Power I, Rangers, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Did you throw this one at Mark, or was this one that Mark found and threw at us? What, how'd that work? Oh, I threw this one at Mark. This popped a news article about this popped up on my Facebook newsfeed. I can't remember if it came up through the horror movie fan board or just the general geekiness board, but I saw it. I posted on the network chat with me going, please, 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 please. <laughs> and Mark uh, probably just kind of sat back and thought, what the hell is wrong with this? I, <laughs> I, I listen, I did crossovers. Uh, comics are the perfect medium for that. You can throw something on film, but DC and Marvel are not going to cross over anytime soon on the big screen, but that's happened in comics. That's why I like at least the premise of what we're going to be talking about tonight, Power Rangers, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Of the two properties, Alexis, which one would you say that you feel more at home talking about? Or I should say, which one do you feel like you have the most, the most history with? That's actually kind of hard to say. So I did grow up with the Power Rangers, but right as they switched from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to Power Rangers Zeo, I kind of lost interest. Okay. Both the combination of getting a little older and that they switched. This is actually something that's been a recurring theme for me, is that as I got older, I started doing more uh, after-school stuff and more weekend stuff. So there were a lot of shows that I just couldn't watch because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they were on while I was doing, act, you know, extracurricular activities. You know, I often joke with my husband about why I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z growing up because I am an anime fan. And I looked at him, it's like, it's because Dragon Ball Z aired right after school when I was getting, and if you miss like one episode of Dragon Ball Z, you totally, for, you have no idea what the heck is going on. It's not a show you can just pick up randomly. You know, people got to remember, we grew up before the streaming services. So it wasn't a case of, okay, I'll watch this when I have free time. No, you had to be home when it watched and you had to have dibs on the TV. For Power Rangers, I can remember, so 93, I, according to what I'm seeing here on the wiki was like when it aired uh in american markets i know a little bit about the history of where it came from 93 i think i'm in a point where i'm living in a house where I, we don't have cable the only thing we have is an antenna <laughs> so this was oh, the thing that wow. picked up we're, we're not only going back before streaming services we're going back before digital uh we we had a big antenna well bunny ears on the back of the tv so i was able to get like maybe five channels and then cable came around about the time i left and went to college uh for for my house so I missed the boat on Power Rangers, on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I didn't watch any of it. I knew about it, but it wasn't something I sat down, watched, and understood like the whole world behind it. Now, recently, I've caught up on a little bit. I, I think I've mentioned before, I'm a, I like to watch Angry Video Game Nerd, and he actually went back and looked at a bunch of, he was kind of in the same boat I was. He didn't know a whole lot about them, so he went and experienced just about as much as he could and kind of did a video on it. So I learned a lot about that. So I think that all that gave me a little bit of prep work going into this. I was like, okay, I know who the Rangers are. I know what the Zords are, uh, the Megazords. And I know some of the mythology, I guess you'd say, about the original Power Rangers. Now, when you start going past that, you mentioned Zeo. That is stuff that is beyond me. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of history. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge as to what that is all about. Tell me about Nightmare on Elm Street, though, for you. Well, I'm 
mentioned this before on some other podcasts that I did not grow up a fan of horror movies. I had nightmares easily when I was a kid and I had very overprotective parents. So I just never got into scary movies growing up. But as I got older, I started to get more into them. And now Nightmare on the original Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite uh, scary movies. A couple of my friends and I actually have running jokes because we were all born in a year where one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films came out. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so we love joking about that. Uh-huh. Um, but I have not seen all of them. Mostly just because I think a lot of people will agree that there are many, 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 many sequels with Freddy where they just got so ridiculously campy. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way. I I know as a kid that I felt like watching something like this would traumatize me. And I didn't <laughs> want I didn't want to. I was just like, no, uh, no. And then you know, all my buddies would be talking about. I, I will tell you this. This is interesting. So Dream Warriors comes out, I think, in 87. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. I met my wife in 92. And how I met her was through my then girlfriend. <laughs> who invited us over. We went on like a kind of like a double date. My wife was dating my good friend at the time. And, and of course, I was dating this girl. And she's like, why don't you guys come over? We'll watch a scary movie. And I'm like, OK, what do we want to watch? Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And I'm like, I'm petrified. First off, I'm 14. I need a man up here. I'm going into a situation <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, uh, you know, okay, I can't let him, I can't let the girls know I'm scared. So I sat down and I watched Dream Warriors. It's our first ever movie together, even though we, we weren't exactly together at that point. I did it. I made it through. Okay. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I, I think I watched New Nightmare. Loved it. I love the meta, uh, which is all there's going to be a lot of meta in this book. I mean, it, there's at least some meta in this book. And I loved a new nightmares meta take on what happens with uh, Nancy and, of course, Heather Langenkamp and her character and all that. Then I think I took my wife to go watch Freddy versus Jason when it came out. There you go. That's my history. I've never sat down and watched Nightmare 2. I've never watched. Uh, I don't think I've watched Dream Master. There's a Freddy's Dead in there, I think, yeah. which I don't think I've seen. So, so this story comes to us from a guy by the name of Stephen Harbour. This guy is coming into it with a love of both of these properties, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, and of course the Power Rangers. And it doesn't stop there. That's what I love about this book. So they take it to another level, and we'll get into that as we do the synopsis. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break it down, kind of like I did old source material style, where I've got we're gonna talk about the first two issues. I've got a little bit of a synopsis here, some talking points, and we'll do the last two. Now, this is an unfinished project, so when we get to the it last issue, the fourth issue, there's, trust me, there's still more that's going to supposedly coming out. If you go to the website, which is, do you have the website there in front of you? M-M-P-R-V-S-F-K.com. Okay. All right. So when you go to that, you'll see the issue five is listed, but when you click on it, it says coming May, 2021. So unfortunately, there is no fifth issue that we could talk about tonight as much as I'd love to. We're just going to get to, to issue four. And then at some point, I really hope so. I've got my fingers crossed. We will be revisiting this at some point in the future. Alexis, anything before I get into the synopsis? I think we can go ahead and start. Just like I said, I am pretty familiar with most of the Power Rangers. Uh, what I haven't, what I didn't watch growing up, there is a online reviewer who goes by the name Linkara who does yeah. a 
book review show called Atop the Fourth Wall and did a Power Rangers retrospective series, Ooh. which I have seen most of. Uh, a lot of it got taken down because uh, <laughs> YouTube's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But I am familiar with a lot of these characters, even if I didn't grow up with a specific series. But there's still a few where I'm kind of scratching my head going, wait a minute, what did I miss? <laughs> so hopefully I'll be able to fill in any blanks uh, here on which character is which. Okay, well, great, because that was the first hurdle that I had in the synopsis. And I, I did a little bit of research just to make sure. I think what we're getting here is second season Power Rangers. I'll tell you why, because I base that off of some of the names that were being thrown about, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So here we go. That synopsis is right around the corner, but first let me talk about Amazon Music. At the W2M Network, we believe sharing is caring, and what better thing to give than the gift of music? If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W, the number 2, M Network, for that free 30-day trial. Power Rangers, Rocky DeSantos, which is the Red Ranger, Aisha Campbell, Yellow Ranger, Tommy Oliver, White Ranger, slash Green Ranger, but I'm pretty sure he's white through this comic, Kimberly Hart, Pink Ranger, Adam Park, Black Ranger, Billy Cranston, Blue Ranger, have all just returned to school from summer vacation, only to learn that their frenemies, Bulk and Skull, which I've seen these guys, never knew their names until now, have been killed by none other than Freddy Krueger. How could this have happened? Let me tell you. Lord Zed, Rita Repulsa, and Rita's brother Rito, which I need to know, was Rito a character? Have you ever seen him before in on the show? Yeah, he didn't appear until later in the MMPR series. I actually remember being totally freaked out by the design because, yeah, it's it's basically a military skeleton. Yeah, they yeah. Him a little bit more, and they gave him just the most adorably goofy face <laughs> or voice. So <laughs> it's it's interesting because when Rita was the main bad guy, her monsters were often she had a monster maker named Finster who just basically looks like an alien West Highland Terrier who would make these monsters out of clay and then she'd send them to earth mm-hmm. uh, lord zed's approach was he had a magic staff and he would take things that were in the rangers lives and turn them into monsters okay okay so the idea is that we get we get the scene with bulk and skull saying they're going to skip the first day of school and go binge watch uh, nightmare on elm street series which let's face it we all knew some kids who did that <laughs> oh yeah like, absolutely and lord zed thinks well okay then i guess he decided he wanted to turn the dv into his new monster but in doing so he basically brings Freddy Krueger to life yeah and that results in a horrifying kill uh, when he guts I don't know which one it was probably bulk if I remember right but he's he kills both bulk and skull like right out within like two panels I think yeah Um, very gory comic folks yes it is it is Lord Zed Rita Repulsa and Rita's brother Rito hatched a plan to terrorize the citizens of Angel Grove by bringing this nightmarish fictional movie slasher villain into their reality now if that was a plan or if it wasn't either way Freddy Krueger is in Angel Grove right now so as Freddy terrorizes the Power Rangers in their nightmares the team consults with their wizard mentor Zordon am I right there is that Zordon and his robot sidekick Alpha 5 Alpha 5 that's right with, with his, ay, ay, ay. yeah 
I, I didn't realize until I got older that that's the voice of Invader Zim who did the voice of Alpha. Oh, seriously? That's cool. Yeah, that was Richard Horowitz. I never put two together. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, so the team consults with wi- the, their wizard mentor Zordon on how to stop them. Meanwhile, Freddy has a taste of power and visits Zed and Rita on their moon base. Attacking and removing Zed's exposed brain from his body, Kruger becomes the all-powerful Lord Fred. Transporting Fred Prime, which I think is the Freddy that started out, I have no idea. But anyway, let's just let's just put it this way. That, that was the book's words, not mine. Fred Prime to Earth. Lord Fred hopes that he and the newly animated putties can end the Power Rangers once and for all. During a battle with the Rangers, Lord Fred sees that it is not going his way and decides to use his newfound power to recruit a new threat. Oh my gosh, this is where that book went to a different level. The next level, he recruits Jason Voorhees. All right. Now, Lord Fred then causes Fred Prime and Jason to become giants, just like the show. And the only force that can perhaps stop these terrible two is the Megazord and Tigerzord. Unfortunately for the Rangers, the tide of battle does not go their way and they are soon defeated. Teleported back to Zordon, they realize, I think they called them morphers, were severely damaged and now they're looking for some aid, somebody to help out. Think of it like the Speed Force in DC. And they have these morphers, those weird little belt buckles with the coins in them. And that's what allows them access to the morphing grid. And that's what gives them their power. Yes, hello, my name is Alexis and I'm a huge nerd. (laughs) Well, I noticed they kept talking about the creators of the coins, uh, which were the, I think these these are the two people that are on Phaedos, or at least part of it. So Zordon looks to the planet Phaedos to try and enlist Ninjor and Dulcea. Dulcea? How you pronounce that? Dulcea? I think it's Dulcea. Now, Dulcea was a character from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Okay. Uh, This was interesting. The movie and the TV show both did a transition to the Ninja Animal Guides. That was the new form after, well, during Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They had like three different sets of Zords. First they had Zork Animals, then they had Mythical Animals, then they had the Ninja Animal Guides. In the movie, they went to Fados and Dulcea gave them uh, their powers after Ivan Ooze nearly kills Zordon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know what's funny? is I think I've watched the movie. The ni- This is the 1995 movie, I think. Yes, uh, I think although it does have like, my favorite line. Oh, the misery I've missed. The Black Plague. The Spanish Inquisition. The Brady Bunch Reunion. <laughs> that line <laughs> kills me. Nice. That's hilarious. Well, okay, so Ninjor on Dulcia. So they're re- Zordon's like, I need some help. Reaches out to Ninjor and Dulcia uh, on Phaedos, the creators of the power coins. But unfortunately, Freddy's beat him to it. He's able to trap them in the nightmare world. All right? We'll just call now, it that. Ninja- now, Ninjor's who gave them their powers in the TV series. I don't know why there was this difference. I'm assuming it has something to do with linking up with the footage that they used from Japan. Because okay. it- Anyone in Power Rangers knows they took footage from another series in Japan and then they put the American actors with it. That's all right. The, all, all the action scenes that we saw that you see on the TV show are is the Japanese footage. Yeah, yeah. And that actually is going to come up in the in the next uh, two issues, which is interesting. So they're trapped in a nightmare world by Freddy. They can't they can't help out Zordon or the Rangers. So instead, Zordon calls upon the the alien Rangers of 
Aquatar, and they arrive in time with the legendary masked rider ready to fight. Now, look, I knew that at the end of this, they were referencing something. I had no idea what it was, but I knew it existed, and I I had no idea if it had anything to do with Power Rangers or if it was a completely separate property. So Alien Rangers of Aquatar and the masked, the legendary masked rider I had to do a little bit of research. I did look some stuff up. I, I got to actually say that is exactly the point when I stopped watching Power I remember okay. when the Alien Ranger showed up. That is exactly the point where I stopped watching the show. <laughs> okay. All right. And, so they, they, are, uh, they are linked with the Power Rangers in some way then. Th- there was this weird, 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 weird multi-part episode. Uh, well, episodes, plural, where the Power Rangers are turned into children by Zed and Rita. And they can't access the morphing grid. So Zordon calls in other Rangers from the planet Aquatur who are these alien rangers now mask rider is actually another series that i think in japan was owned by this it was made by the same people and they tried to get it off the ground doing the exact same thing with power rangers they mixed the japanese footage with new american footage it didn't last i think it lasted maybe a season or two but it, it never got off the ground quite the way power rangers did All right. Well, okay. Side notes. I love the fact that they did this. They took Bulk and Skull, who clearly get myrtleized. Freddy slices and dices them, but they wake up shortly after their deaths inside a room with the Dream Warriors surrounding them. And the Warriors explain that in their reality, the Power Rangers are a show and it appears to apply vice versa. However, in the dream world, they can apparently meet. And since the dream warriors are completely aware of the threat that Freddy poses to both realities, they want to train Bulk and Skull so that they can help the Rangers defeat Freddy on the dreamscape. Okay, that's one side note. Side note number two, Lord Zed is still alive. He's just a brain, but he's alive. All right, so he can, he's squirming around and Rita is aware that he's still alive. She's trying to find him a new body by the end of issue two. And then also at the very end of the first battle between with Jason and Freddy versus the Rangers, Freddy Prime is really excited that they won. And then Jason shoves his fist through his skull. So, <laughs> so uh, Jason has uh, effectively murdered uh, Freddy Prime, I guess if you want to say it, uh, just because he can. All right. So there we go. That's our first two issues. My first note. This is my first note that I just had listed down here is like, And I know I've said it already. Holy cow. I didn't know what we were going to get and how far this would go. I mean, were you surprised at what we were getting in these first two issues? Were you expecting it just to be like straight up just Freddy and the Power Rangers? Or did you kind of know coming in, oh, crap, we're bringing in just about everybody we can. Well, I say everybody we can. We only brought Jason Voorhees in here so far. Tease, tease, hint, hint, get ready for the next two issues. But (laughs) we we only brought in Jason Voorhees right now. That really threw me for a loop when Jason Voorhees shows up. I was just like, wait, whoa, what the? hell um i think it's also important to point out i brought this up earlier that halfway through uh, the second issue we suddenly go black and white apparently this is an, this is not only just a work in progress to finish the books this is a work in progress to color the books let's talk about that real quick because i think it's important to i mean this is a web comic this isn't something that i believe's out in print at all i didn't see anything like hey order your issue here i think this is completely I, I don't know if they can print yeah I, I i think if they try to print this uh, the rights issues are going to you know they're going to get slapped with as many lawsuits as you can imagine yeah so with that being said this is 
got to be a labor of love. This is something yeah. that this guy, you know, this guy want, this guy wants to tell the story, but he can only go so far. I'm, I'm you've got to be able to invest the time in order to do something that you love. Plus, you got to make a living somehow too. So I imagine who, you know, this this guy is trying to get this out there, and yeah, the the coloring it takes. I'm sure it's going to take some time. The book looks good though. For I mean, looking at the finished product of the first issue, and then going into the second issue, I am not going to complain at all about a web comic with art like this. How about you? Not at all. It just kind of threw me at first because I, I hate to say it, part of me was waiting for them to mention, wait, where'd all of our color go? Why are we in black <laughs> and white now? Because this comic is so crazy levels of meta and tongue in cheek. Yes, it is. So I'm not against waiting for color and I'm not against putting this out while they still have it in black and white. I, I get that. Coloring takes so long and I'm cool with that. I, part of me just maybe kind of wishes there was a notice at the beginning of it that's saying, Hey guys, yeah, sorry, we haven't had time to color this, or you know, just something. So, because seriously, the whole time I'm going through, going through, so you reference that there's no color. Here's the other big thing that you gotta, and I want to get your opinion on this. It's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a live action superhero television series, a nightmare on Elm Street, a sometimes over the top crass antagonist, mostly geared towards slasher uh, fans and. These two properties just came together in the first two issues. I mean, did you think it would have been a challenge to pull this off well? Without a doubt. I mean, Power Rangers is known for being very campy, fun, kid-friendly. The second episode of the series featured the Blue Ranger creating a a Mighty Morphin car out of, a, I think it was a Volkswagen Beetle that could drive nearly the speed of light, and it literally never showed up again after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie is not holding back in these episodes or in these issues. I mean, he is, it's not written, but he's definitely using the, the word bitch. Uh, he's, I think at some point calls the mighty more power Rangers, a bunch of fucks or something like that. Um, well, it's all censored with asterisks. At least I, I don't get why they've got Freddie burping as much as they do. I that, don't remember Freddie belching like that. I thought maybe that was a Lord Zed thing. I, I, I was like, yeah, I don't remember Freddie being that over top gross. I was like, well, I don't know much about Lord Zed. Maybe when he became Lord Fred, like he uh, absorbed that. I don't know. I don't tell me. Did you see anything with Lord Zed in it? No, Lord Zed. Actually, one of his big things was that he was he had some campy over the top moments, but he was designed to be a legit, intimidating, scary villain. Okay. You know, you have Rita, who constantly screamed and was very cartoony. Zed was cartoony but scary mm-hmm. yeah i mean again the, the fact that there's a scene where fred pull freddie pulls his brain out you could see lord zed's brain he was yeah he, he had no skin it was all muscles and veins with that shiny metal exoskeleton over them it, it was pretty pretty intense yeah i remember at least one of my favorite parts of the book is when freddie like talks to rita repulsa and she asks him a question and he his answer is like well whenever your whenever your uh whenever your words match your vocal cords <laughs> yeah because again because they were using the japanese footage yeah uh, it was i think like 
somewhere in the third season, maybe they fought, they actually did get an, a- an American actress to play Rita, so they were able to link everything up. Mm-hmm. But before then, yeah, it was overdubbed. So there's there's just like these little hints every once in a while that take you some of the stuff that the reader, if they've watched either property, they can they can see. But yeah, I think the my favorite part so far of the first two issues is Balkan Skull. That whole side quest of th- these two goofs are going to be the ones that help the Power Rangers beat Freddy, or at least that's what they're aiming to do. Those are pretty much all my talking points. I, I leave the floor to you. Did you have anything you wanted to say about these two issues? I think the moment that actually freaked me out the most was Kimberly's dream. That's when the oh. artist definitely wanted to make sure we knew they were not screwing around. It's like we, it's like we're going to use Freddy Krueger exactly how you would expect Freddy Krueger to be used. This is exactly what he would do. Just he has the she has the dream where they're at the juice bar and what's his name? I think it's Ernie. He owns a juice bar, gives them smoothies, and it turns up it's there. It's Bulkin Skull's bodies ground yeah. to a paste. Yeah. And then she wakes up and she thinks she's talking to her mother. And it turns out, no, she's still in another dream. And then Freddie comes in with her mother's severed head. I love how they're kind of describing these dreams to each other in front of Zordon, uh, these nightmares. And Which are all scenes from previous nightmares. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it was Tommy. Tommy was the one in the tub, wasn't it? He was in the tub with his leg yeah. spread and Freddie's <laughs> gloves coming up out of there. And I'm like, oh, and he does. He's like, somebody asked him, like, what did he have? What did he dream about? And he's like, he, you see that uh, pop up in his head. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God. And one of them gets the the puppeteer dreams. That. Yeah. Was, oh, God. That's the one from uh, the third movie that freaked me out the most. When you see the poor kid being draw, being forced to be a puppet. Oh, God. Yeah, there's the Linkara cameo. Oh my god, I can't believe I almost forgot about that. We cut back to uh, Vulcan Skull, who are I guess they're in this sort of in middle, in between dimension with the with the uh, cast of uh, Dream Warriors, and they're saying that they are going to infiltrate the base on the moon to help save the Power Rangers. And for the record, if you, anyone who's read you know or watched the series, you know that Vulcan Skull are actually some of the true heroes of this show. They're fan favorites and. And they've done some pretty awesome things on the show. They've saved the day, I want to say, at least twice. Oh, nice. Okay. So I didn't see, I didn't know that. So that makes sense for them to be the guys that are going to kind of step up and do this. You get the scene where they're showing them the Power Rangers and they finally see them without their helmets on. And they're like, wait, that's them. They're the Power Rangers. And the others yes. are going, we didn't know that. They wear the same <laughs> colors every day. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the moment where they're in a classroom, start reading, and they get a, they're given a book that says, History of the Power Rangers, Volume 1 by Dr. Linkara. Okay, nice. I I had to stop. I was laughing too hard at that. It was just, I, w- I really hope that uh, Louis Lovehog, the guy who plays Linkara, I really hope somebody has sent that to him and he's seen it. I really oh, Absolutely. Somebody told him about that. The, so far, this is very good, but yeah, it's clear that by the end of the second, by the end of the second issue, things are just getting crazy levels of unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So issues three and four. After killing Fred Prime, I assume he's dead. Uh, Lord Fred has Jason imprisoned on the moon. Freddy's dead. Haven't you ever heard that? (laughs) One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Lord Fred has Jason imprisoned on the moon base and decides to head to Earth himself with some putties. The alien rangers of Aquatar are 
trying to defend Angel Grove. One of them is able to get a shot off to break Fred's staff. Retreating, Lord Fred leaves a box behind that happens to belong to a girl by the name of Pandora. And when the masked rider shoots it, all hell breaks loose. Dot, dot, dot. They literally. left behind the Lumen configuration. Yeah, okay. I did not know that uh, the Cenobites were going to be appearing in this. And when I... Either. Yeah, I, I clicked the link, read issue three. Okay, no, yeah, that's Pinhead. Why the hell is Pinhead on the cover? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So out come Pinhead and the Cenobites. Struggling for a way to beat them, Masked Rider asks Zordon for some help. And he is given the dragon. Dragon Dagger in order to call upon the Dragon Zord to battle alongside the alien rangers and their battle borgs against Pinhead and the Cenobites, who have now transformed Angel Grove into a torturous hellscape. Now, listen, I knew that uh, the Master Rider getting the Dragon Dagger was a big deal. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is big. So Rita then sends down her own staff, which I think she, you know, somebody asked for her staff or, or for Lord Fred. I don't know, something happens where she sends her own staff down and she grows the Cenobites to humongous size <laughs> again. That, that's how she did it in the show. Anytime she, it was always the same level of acclimation. First, Finster creates the monster. The monster goes down and starts wreaking havoc. The Power Rangers fight it. Then Rita goes, make my monster grow! And she throws the staff back down there. Somehow always getting it back. I have no idea if it's on a, like a fishing line and she pulls it back or something. And the monster grows. <laughs> And then the morpher, and then the rangers go. We need our zords. It's morphin' time. And then the zords all appear, and we get the same stock footage over and over and over again. Bam, bam, bam. Combine makes sword. Zap. Monster explodes into a thing of fireworks. Day is saved. Well, this time she throws the staff down and the Cenobites and Pinhead are now wreaking havoc in these gigantic forms. And she also summons a, her own wizard, Lokar the Terrible, to join in, which all he does, all it seems like he does. I'm going to have to look at the issue, but I just remembered like seeing him in the background laughing. And that's about it. I don't remember seeing him too much else other than just be a floating head. Yeah, he appears in a couple of episodes. Uh, on the show uh, Mysterious being native to the Talos dimension Temporarily hated Rear Repulsa Cerned as the main antagonist of the two-part episode Island of Illusion Secondary antagonist of the two-part episode Doomsday uh, He was the overarching antagonist of the comic Power Rangers Soul of the Dragon So it looks like he's got more of a presence in the Power Rangers comic than he does in the series Okay, okay Well, Lokar the Terrible is there and he is is we'll just go ahead and say that he's helping out the Cenobites and Pinhead. The Alien Rangers and the Masked Rider suffer a similar fate to the Power Rangers before them. Near the end of the battle, we see that in the Nightmare World, Ninjor and Dulcea are visited by a girl named Alice. Again, this is something where I was like, okay, this is a big deal. I need to figure out who the hell this person is. And I learned this is the Dream Master. All right, so Alice explains she can help them and her friends by getting the Shogun, the Shogun Zords sent to help out the Alien Rangers. And just as help arrives, the Masked Rider looks on, eager to join the battle. However, before he can act, he is approached by Masked Rider Multiverse. Oh boy, now you're speaking my language. Who has come to explain things need to get back to normal or it is going to get pruned. No, wait a second. Or it is going to get pretty rough on reality. Side notes. You just okay. freaking reference Loki. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> 
I might have. Uh, so side notes. Lord Fred's falling apart because his staff is breaking. And when I say falling apart, it's not like body parts are falling off. He's slowly melting. It's not pretty. I can't wait till that gets colored because it's going to be pretty gross. Rita has found Lord Zed's brain. Okay. We knew she was looking for a body and she is now secretly implanting it into the body of Jason Voorhees. Get me issue five right now. And then Skull and Bulk are watching all these events unfold on TV with the Dream Warriors and they appear to be making a plan. Now that Fred is in a weakened state, they're going to attack by using a magical crystal under Zed and Rita's fortress. That's the Zeo crystal. That is what gave them their new powers after they stopped being the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and became the Power Rangers Zeo. Okay. And then we all then got a thing where the Power Rangers had to become new versions of themselves every freaking season. Well, okay, my final note here is Billy and Rocky awaken, I assume... They were still incapacitated from their fight with Jason and Freddy. Uh, but they awaken to find they are characters in a TV production called Carl Zictor's Power Rangers Super Zeo. And who they believed were their friends now appear to be actors. At one point, they're even watching. I want to try to pronounce this, and I know I'm going to mess it up. They're watching Super Sentai Ranger in a production room with the Power Rangers movie posters. While there's a movie poster behind them and a couple other like DVD posters. So they're giving a very meta spin to this book. I'm convinced that uh, this Zikdor guy was modeled after uh, Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like it, that's for sure. It's Robert England. Robert England, holy shit. I was too busy trying to think of other uh, bad guys from movies. I didn't even think about thinking that he looked like England, <laughs> but you are 100% right. They yeah. made the bad guy here. They get out into the real world and they still can't escape Freddy, which is great. I think they even say, like, we got to be in a nightmare world. Yes, they do, because after they say, I think we're in the nightmare world, you get a scene of Freddy holding an earth and it says, you're not wrong, little boy blue. All right, so what do you think of these last two it's a combination of interesting and i'm starting to feel like it's getting a little too carried away yeah and furthermore there is no way this book's ever getting actually printed clive barker will not allow this that's true no kidding uh no still really good there's a few line of, lines of dialogue in here, specifically when they're in the dream, they're, they're on the dream set, as I'm going to call it. Uh, it's uh, Billy and Rocky, and they're on the dream set with what they think is the live action Power Rangers, the way they're kind of talking about Billy. Oh, oh, there's a freaking Beetleborgs cameo. Yep, yep, so, yep, yep. And yeah, that kind of does bring you back to that time. Again, I by the time Beetleborgs came out, I was way too old to get into that stuff. But I do remember that very brief time period where Fox Kids was just an onslaught of competition to see who was going to be the dominant superhero uh, action series of Saturday mornings. Yes. Oh, yeah. You were talking about the dialogue. I think I know exactly where you're going, but, uh, you know, I want you to talk about what you thought. Well, it came, it's come out in recent years since the end of the show that David Cranston, he, he came out as gay. It turns out that he was really talked down to on the set by various staff members and whatnot. He got called the uh, F word yeah. multiple times, and it led to him leaving the show on kind of an unceremonious note. Basically, he, his character is suddenly becomes old, and then he is sent to Aquatar with the aliens to because they've got this magic water or something that'll restore his youth. And he tells them 
it via a very shoddy connection on a crystal ball, as it were, aka they were able to use old footage, all staticky, and have a not that convincing voice actor overdub his voice. Mm. That he's gonna stay on the planet, and he wasn't coming back. Yeah, we have that interaction where they're kind of walking across the the set. I think it's it's Billy who hits runs into some guy, which I'm sure that is a reference to somebody. I have no idea. Do you oh, know the guy, who? The guy who looks like the genie from Aladdin mixed with Elvis. He's the he's a character from Beetleborgs. Okay, I don't know what the heck he is. He just had some kind of magical powers, but he literally was supposed to be like the genie. He was supposed to just constantly drop real world references. And yeah, what does it say? Keep your hands to yourself, twinkle toes. The last thing I need are rumors about me flying around on set it's bad enough i have to dress like this yeah i was like wow okay we are there's that metal line again i mean that is he didn't have to do that it's interesting that the writer stephen harbour chose to put that in there i don't know i don't know if i would have put that in there because it's such a kind of like a black mark but it's a very real mark on one but, hand, it's very negative, and you you kind of feel like you don't really want to read that in a book. But at the other side, this did happen. David Goss was bullied horribly for his yeah. sexual identity, and it's horrible what he went through. No one should ever have to go through that. And, exactly. And part of me is sitting there going, it's like as unpleasant as it is to have a line like that in here, cutting that is not going to change what he went through. My goodness, just like you said, it does feel like it's getting out of hand. I can't really say much. I mean, Pinhead in the Cenobites, Hell on Angel Grove. You just, I don't know where this comic's going to go after that. I do love making fun of it. After the Zeo Rangers is when we got the Power Rangers Turbo, and their powers words were cars. And they play that up by net, by, by uh, the the not Robert Anglin. I'm still kind of embarrassed. I didn't pinpoint who that was. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a moment. It's like I am literally slapping myself in the head going, why didn't you? notice that oh my god i think we're all so used to him in the freddy makeup you know you're just seeing him without it is so weird like i think the first time i ever seen i had ever seen uh england without the makeup on was scream wasn't he like the janitor in scream yeah yeah no he's he's made so many cameos in other horror movies i think it's just again i've been watching ghostbusters like crazy lately and something about his dialogue i heard it with (laughs) william atherton's voice and that, that's oh. the guy who played peck tell him yep. again tell him you could hear that voice oh absolutely absolutely yeah so i guess that's the one i saw but i love that they make fun of uh, the whole turbo thing by t- making a joke about how it's like trains now because yeah a oh. lot of fans look back yes. and say that the whole switch from z the whole switch from zeo to the train thing was so unbelievably stupid uh carl was it carl zikdor's choo-choo force is that what it was called <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh. There is much to say. There, there's definitely some commentary throughout a good bit of this. Uh, and I think that these two guys waking up in the real world, uh, and it, it is definitely a nightmare all its own. Uh, even though it's not like people getting slaughtered uh, or, you know, chains ripped them apart. Billy and Rocky are in this nightmare world of being actors now. <laughs> 
it's not pleasant. It's a fun juxtaposition to see them. These two guys having to deal with like the real world ignorance of actors and, and prima donnas and stuff like that. Considering that uh, Supernatural and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina both did episodes where the actors got stuck in or where the characters got stuck in their actor's shoes and had to figure out what was going on. I'm kind of surprised Power Rangers never did that. Like Lord Zed opened a mini dimension or trapped them all in an illusion where they were on the set or something. I could so easily see that happening. I love stuff like that. You know, this is a story that I dig. I, I dig the meta. I dig the crossover. I dig the over the top who the who is going to uh, who's going to show up next and i think you're right this will never ever 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 get printed so i love the fact that it's fan fiction that's on the web that's done well it i in my opinion i think it's i according just like the guy said he wanted to find some fan fiction that was done right He's on the right path, in my opinion. That's just me. I've enjoyed what I've read. Well, do you like stories like this? I mean, do you like crossovers between properties? I know I don't think I've ever had you on other than for DC Hanna Barbera. Do you yeah, like stories like this? The episode of Comic Strip with Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. Uh, Mark brought me on for uh, Betty and Veronica meet Red Sonia and Vampirella. Okay. Actually, ninety percent of uh, source material episodes I've done, I think, are they are, aren't they? Wow. <laughs> I think that's my I think that's my go-to thing. I think Mark just loves having me on for crossovers. We did uh we did the um, Betty and Veronica where they switch places with Catwoman Harley and Quinn Poison. and Poison Ivy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's to, right. To which I said, for the love of God, somebody make the Zatanna Zatanna Sabrina Spellman crossover now. This is what yeah. need. <laughs> Why has that not happened? No uh, kidding. <laughs> we obviously bring you on the shows and you, you have a fun time discussing them. But do you like stories like this? I do. And I got to say, I'm not a huge fan of fan fiction just because it get, tends to get carried away. And some of the stuff I've read is... I, I've got so many friends who love fan fiction. They love reading it. I can't get into it. I appreciate that it's there and appreciate the creativity that goes into it and what so many people want to bring to the world. But so much of it is, I don't want to say it's crappy, but it feels like it doesn't need to exist. There's a thing with fan fiction that if you can find a plausible reason why this should be a thing and you can make it believable or entertaining, then you can understand why someone felt the need to, to write this. But so many of them, like the countless amounts of, I don't know, Harry Potter meets the Avengers fan fiction that's out there. I, you know, I've read some of that and I go, this doesn't need to exist because the book just feels like they're just saying, what could Harry do as an Avenger? What could, I don't know, Doctor Strange do in the Harry Potter universe? It it doesn't feel like it is really going anywhere or that there's a really a story to tell. It just feels like they're talking about the what if part of it. I think the other important part of it is the writer has to be good at writing. <laughs> I mean, they got to yeah, so be able to write I mean, well. A yeah, lot I'm of sorry. fan fiction is I, not I that. I don't want to insult on people who write fan fiction because they're mostly writing it for themselves. And if you like writing fan fiction, good on you. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm not going to hold back and say, oh, all the fan fiction I've read is so great. No, a lot of it is really, really terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've read fan fiction where they can't make up their mind halfway through a paragraph if they're in past or present tense. (laughs) Well, and I never got that feeling from this book. 
the writing seemed competent enough, in my opinion, to keep me interested and make me wanting to read more. And that's really all a writer needs to do, in my opinion, to get my money, I guess. That's what makes, I think, this story stand out for me. Now, I, I have not read a whole lot of fan fiction. I know it exists, but I'm not going out there and, and, and looking for it. It's stay away from the My Little Pony fan fiction. You'll ne- <laughs> you will you will live to regret it. <laughs> I, I can tell sorry, you. You want to have some fun? Google My Little Pony Rainbow Factory or My Little Pony Cupcakes, and don't say I didn't warn you. Oh my gosh! I don't. I, I just putting that out there. Uh, maybe I should put a disclaimer on this podcast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Let, nerds and we have a sixth sense of humor and we don't regret it. I have to stop right now to tell you something that I just found because I I felt it very necessary that we find out who Carl Zictor is. All right. So Carl Zictor, spelled with a K, is a character by the name of Grimlord, who is the alter ego of billionaire Carl Zictor, owner of Zictor Industries and the primary antagonist of VR Troopers. Oh, my <laughs> God. They actually brought in VR Troopers. <laughs> God, it was another Power Rangers knockoff. Yep. Yes, indeed. Now, I guess VR Troopers was Saban. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a Saban property, I guess. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I just clicked on Saban Entertainment. Saban also adapted various Tokusatsu shows from Toei Company, including Power Rangers, Big Bad Beetleborgs, VR Troopers, and Masked Rider, all of which appeared in the first four issues. All right, I give you the floor for the last word, and uh, then we'll get to closing up shop. This is crazy creative, and I love. Okay, I gotta say, I do love that they have found ways to subtly incorporate all of these other properties without making it too over the top. Big Bad Beetle Beetleborgs was, I'm sorry, a ridiculously stupid show, but <laughs> I'm glad that they paid homage to it by having the characters in the on the real world set, not actually bringing in the fighters to help because that would have felt like overkill and yet the little adding in a freaking subtle nod to vr troopers holy crap (laughs) yes i had a good time uh alexis i'm glad you did too (laughs) this was a lot of fun so we will have to definitely come back and revisit this if there are more issues that get posted I mean, this got some coverage. There's definitely like at least three or four articles I had seen at the end of 2020 that were talking about this book. So, and who knows, by the time this airs, you never know, that fifth issue may be done and people may be yelling at us, why did you stop at four? Well, that's because it's July, folks. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're recording this in July, uh, but you can count on it. As soon as Alexis and I get the opportunity, we will be going back. I, I'll, I'll bring her in. I don't care if she doesn't want to be back or not. I'll Alexis sounds like she had a good time, so we'll bring her back. And of course, tell you what, you bring me back for this. I'll bring you back when we finally get to review the last four episodes of, or no, the last five episodes of Hell of a Boss. Has has the fi- has the fifth episode dropped yet? Fifth episode, four and five have dropped. Sixth has not dropped yet. Uh, Vivian uh, has Vivzy Pop mentioned on Twitter that the sixth episode there it's either longer or they're doing some more complicated animation with it, so it's taking longer for them to finish it. She's asked that fans be patient. She's dropped a couple of stills and one like three second bit of animation in a GIF. Uh, so it is progressing. So until then, I, I have not gotten sick of watching the fifth episode. They could freaking Norman Reedus to vo- to do to voice a new character. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, I can't wait to talk about. 
out those uh, those new episodes for sure. It'll be a lot of fun. We had a good time on the first uh, the first uh, what did we do the first four first three wasn't it? Uh, the pilot and the first three episodes. That's what the fun. Yeah, yeah. a human okay. called me a possum. I am not a possum. <laughs> ah, some great stuff. Well, all right. So favor and go watch episode four and five. You'll love it. Fantastic. Well, go ahead and do some plugs here. Let's get into let's get into some plugs. Did someone say plugs? This would be a good time to plug a sponsor for the W2M network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Source Material, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. Well, I do know that sometime in October we will be airing the next episode of Tripped Up Trivia, so our horror-themed episode should have aired by now. That's right. So I hope you guys will be listening to that as well. Disney Month for D- November is going to be coming up uh, here for too long. We're going to be doing that to celebrate Encanto, the new Disney film that's coming out. And, of course, we're going to be looking for more contestants. This is going to be classic di- Disney trivia, folks. No Marvel, no Star Wars, no Pixar, just pure mouse we know that there's a handful of you out there that know disney trivia like the back of your hand so come on hit us up on facebook and twitter let us know if you want to play we have so much fun doing these shows and we'd love to have some new people on to see what they know about our you know our true lord and savior mickey mouse (laughs) that's right tell me about the corner uh or the intersection of geek and chic again Oh, that's adorable. I've said it so many times, you actually know my catchphrase. (laughs) Yes, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fandom meets fashion at the intersection of geek and chic. We wrapped up our convention season for uh, 2021. A little hectic there for a while. So many conventions trying to uh, get in as soon as the vaccinations were cleared. It was like, oh, okay, we actually can, you know, congregate and get together again now. Everyone, you know, back to work. Um, (laughs) uh, Of course, our shops are still open Etsy and handmade at Amazon. Uh, for those in the Kansas City area, our supplies are available in a couple of different shops, including Mind Games and Magic and Lee Summit and Level One down at the River Market. Of course, we, uh, we will be doing our Black Friday sale. Uh, it's going to be coming up at the end of next month, obviously. And per tradition, starting from Black Friday sale kickoff to Christmas Eve, Honeysuckle Rose Creations will be doing a charity drive. For St. Jude's, every order that is placed from when the sale kicks off until Christmas Eve, we will donate $5 to St. Jude's charity. Nice. I should stress that's for every order, not every item order. It's for every separate order. So Very nice. So go ahead again. We are on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. You can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me if you do so wish on the Twitter at Stiznarky. Uh, we also do, well, I'm, I'm involved in quite a few different comic book podcasts right here on Source Material. That's right. You can come back here. We also do a podcast called 
unspoken issues uh, where it's myself and Dean Compton or Chris Armstrong. Uh, we've also had Al Sedano on there. Uh, Evan Bevins has joined us where we talk 90s comics. That's in association with the unspoken decade, the one-stop site you can go to. The gimmick era has never been covered so well. 1990s comics. Check out the unspokendecade.com. Uh, well, I think we're going to bring it to a close. For Alexis Haina, I am Jesse Starcher. Have a good one. Bye-bye.